0: Good morning, listeners. My name is Ben Booker. I am the host of Business with Ben. Uh, We are a podcast talk show where we talk about business with myself, Ben, obviously. And I am super excited to be able to bring this content to you all. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for you all as listeners to engage and hear from some great business professionals that I've had the opportunity to build relationships with. And I'm really looking forward for my own opportunity to grow my own network and skills in the business environment. And uh, now before I get too far in the show, I just want to introduce myself and why I think it's okay that I host a podcast about business. I'm currently a first year at the University of Cincinnati studying finance and real estate uh, while pursuing a minor in urban agriculture. I've really been immersed in the world of business from a young age. Uh, Since I can remember, my parents have been the owners of um, Lexington Healing Arts Academy. We are a post-secondary education school in Lexington, Kentucky, and I've been privileged to work alongside them for a really long time and have a heavy presence in that environment. And uh, alongside that, I've really been uh, passionate about entrepreneurship for as long as I can remember having my own side hustles, doing my own things, and I've just uh, grown super passionate, and I'm really excited to carry that passion into a career, and I think this is a great stepping stone in that direction. And with that being said, I am super fortunate to have the opportunity to host this show, and I'm really excited to share everything that I know and everything that I want to know with you all as well. And for this first show, I am honored to have a fantastic guest, a great mentor of mine, an old boss, and a great family friend, both of my dad and now to me, Ken Silvestri. Uh, Ken is a fantastic businessman. He has been in the business environment since he was seven years old, where (laughs) he had a successful newspaper route and as he's gone through the business environment finding his his marketing and his his sales skills he he was an incredibly successful cable salesman in california and has gone back and forth across the united states working in business and perfecting those business skills he is one of the best salesmen that i know and i had the great opportunity and privilege to work for him at Sylvester Real Estate in Lexington, Kentucky, where he specializes in apartment community brokerage and investment sales brokerage. Um, as the owner and broker for Sylvester Real Estate, he is one of the most commercial, the one of the most successful commercial real estate brokers in the state as well as the surrounding region. Currently writing a book, Ken has an immense amount of knowledge, experience, and happens to be one of the best storytellers that I know. Um, Within these fantastic stories, he shares over 50 years of knowledge of business, sales, marketing, advice, and he is absolutely just a great guy with great stories, and there is so much value in every story that he has to tell. And I genuinely implore you all to listen intently and take what he's saying for truth, uh, as I've done for a long time now, and I am super excited to have him on the show today. And with that being said, thanks for being here, Ken. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, ben, it is really my honor to be your first guest. I mean, I know you could have had uh, President Obama and, you know, who knows who, who else you could have had. But so to have it be to be your first guest is a great honor. And I, I want to also just say that uh, uh, for um, the, the, for the time that you were uh, with us, uh, I, I just can't imagine that I could have just thrown you into the water with sharks and just said, "Here, go call a thousand people. Uh, we're selling this, you know, this this you know, this multi-million dollar property, and I want you to just call five hundred people and ask them these questions." And how much fun it was just to throw you into the deep end, and and you were like, "Okay, all right." And (laughs) I don't think I knew any better. And uh, and you and and just, you know, role playing with you and role playing the questions. um, I don't know how you become a better learner than you. I mean, you just you just grabbed it so quickly and uh, is just so refreshing to uh, just to, to, you know, to for this sort of come full circle. And now I get to talk to you a little bit more about business that you're in college. So this is a lot of fun. So thank you.
0: I, I appreciate you saying that. That's really humbling, uh, especially after everything that I just said about you. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so can um, our, our listeners really want to know about business success. And as I highlighted, you, you have definitely come into that. Can, can you share a little bit about uh, your path to success and kind of what your story is? Sure. Glad to.
1: Yeah. So I, uh... Been from, um, from the time I was really just, uh, oh, golly, seven years old, uh, I remember setting up one of my mom's uh, card tables out front. I walked down to the neighborhood store with my nickel and bought some Kool-Aid powder, uh, brought it back home, set up my first Kool-Aid stand in front of the house, and, uh, you know, had the, the ice pitcher and everything. I remember it like it was yesterday and i was only seven years old some kid coming down the road at uh, his fancy bike at what seemed like you know 20 miles an hour and i jumped in front of him and uh said kool-aid kool-aid you know and he was like oh, okay and uh and i was like okay look, we have three sizes and we've got the, the nickel the dime and the 25 cents man man, dude you're big you you look thirsty i think you should go for the 25 cent one and he was like okay so, you know, so I sold my first, you know, like 25 cent Kool-Aid, only paid a nickel for the entire, pow- uh, you know, uh, for the thing of powder. So what I realized is that, you know, to be successful, you just have to jump in front of bikes. Uh, you have to tell people what you want them to buy and then deliver it. And then I said, hey, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, sir, I really appreciate you you know being my first customer today. He drove on down the road, sold the rest of my Kool-Aid. Made a great profit. I was, you know, I don't know, seven or eight years old. Uh, And then from there, um, you know, it it was like my, I had some brothers, had five older brothers. They would start stuff and never end. I never, never finished. They were not good finishers. Uh, I remember I went going down in the basement and I saw this box of these things that were called miracle cloths. It was basically this cleaning cloth. It had metal cleaning solution in it. You opened up the bag. And then you, know, you would write, you would rub it on brass or silver. And it was a great way to, you know, clean them. Well, there was like hundreds of these things in the basement. My brothers had a you know bottom and a band of the thing. So I went down the street, got Chuck, and I said, Chuck, I said, I've got a bunch of these uh, you know, cleaning classes. Let's let's go sell them. So here we are, you know, we're probably like, I don't know, maybe we're nine years old. So what what we came up with, uh, our our method for this was we would go up to a home. We would polish about half of their doorknob or their brass uh, mail slot. Then we'd ring the doorbell and we would say, Hey, ma'am, look, we cleaned half of your, your doorknob with, with this cleaning cloth and wouldn't it be great to finish the job? And you'd only, only $2. You can buy one of these from us. We sold out very quickly, made a lot of money. And the great thing was we had no inventory cost. It was free from our brothers. (laughs) So, uh, so, you know, so Chuck and I, all of a sudden, we're like, man, this is cool. Door-to-door sales is just, you know, it's just, it's just easy. Let's, let's keep doing that. Uh, next thing you know, we, we got a job actually selling newspaper subscriptions, and it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And I kid you not, when we were 13 years old, maybe maybe 12 and a half, 13, I'm pretty sure that Chuck and I were making more money than our parents selling newspaper subscriptions. It was just crazy how much money we were, we were making, you know, at such a young age. And when you're, you know, I don't know, 14, you've got like thousands of dollars. Uh, you, just, you just feel like the richest kid in the world. I mean, so that's, I don't know. I just always associated with making money with freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom is the greatest thing in the world. And if you have money, you can do good things for other people. And I'll tell you a story that happened. It's a uh, you know the crazy thing that um, anyway, we can go into that, but basically the, the whole idea is that freedom is the result of, of using your talents and using, you know, the aspirations that you have to do some good, but you have to make a profit so that you can reinvest and do good. And that's that's I'm excited
0: to say that's where I am today. Well, that that's great to hear. I mean you know, I, I relate to that on a level too. I mean, I, I felt like I was that kid for a little while too. I mean, I was, I was out there hustling and, you know, it's a great feeling to know like, okay, you put in the hours and and whatever comes out, uh, is from your own input. and, And it's this kind of exponential growth, both in, in regards to monetary reinvestment, as well as the skills that are just built upon as you do it more. So I, I totally, uh, understand that. And that's, that's super cool. So did you know, like, clearly you were doing business? Was there a doubt in your mind that this is not what you're going to do as a career? Yeah. So, um, I I, I think what happened
1: was that, um, we, you know, we, we always were entrepreneurs, even when we went trick-or-treating, uh, as, as teenagers, You know, we were overachievers, and we would come back with baskets and bags full of candy, and then we would uh, set up, you know, like shelving in our school lockers, and uh, and and sell candy. You know, that uh, cost Snicker bars for I don't know a quarter or whatever they were. Made lots of money doing that. Uh, Selling newspaper subscriptions was always fun, and then selling. So then I, I drove to California with Chuck. Uh, and we just happened to, uh, fall into the cable TV business. And, um, it was just so easy for us to, uh, to do this. So we became door-to-door salespeople in the cable TV industry at a time that they had just wired up all of Southern California. We can go into a lot of stories there, but, uh, the thing was that we realized that it was just, you know, it was maybe our natural calling to, do something where we're at the right place at the right time. Now, you know, with technology and with uh, people who invest in maybe Tesla or Bitcoin or whatever the stock is at the moment, or, you know, maybe there's, but everyone should, should say like, you know, what is, what is my talent? What is my passion? Uh, you know, what am I really good at that, that's my secret sauce, that, you know, your secret power? Mine was developed from knocking on doors at a very young age. So I've always been unafraid of picking up the phone and making a call. And I think it goes back to this one thing, which is being really one is that that if you love people and you're also very curious about people and you really want to know how do I create a win-win by calling up somebody and saying or knocking on their door, if you will, however you want to look at that And, and just trying to figure out. How do I help this person? And how do I find out about them? How, how can I be curious about them? Then you're you're never really selling. You're you're really just building a relationship, and and that's that I that I think is 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 part of uh, is the, is the genius that we all you know can can have within us. Is that you really never want to come across, come across as a salesperson. You want to come across as somebody that. You know, that's really curious about you, the human being, and, you know, what is it that drives you? You know, what is it you want to accomplish? And and how, how can I help you reach your goal? Because if I help you reach your goal, and I happen to just sell something like an apartment building, which I get paid a fee, but you also get to build your wealth and, you know, do what you do, then I always look at every day as just a super exciting win-win business relationship. So every day,
0: I'm looking forward to that. And so building on that, do you see that that is recognized in the business world? I mean, when you have that attitude in regards to these relationships that you have with your clients and with your clients, clients and everybody you meet in the business environment, is that come across and how have you seen that influence the deals that you've made and the partnerships that you've created?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Ben. So i um... And, and I think that, and maybe, you know, maybe you know this, that uh, I was an Eagle Scout uh, when I was 16, and, um, and the Scout laws are trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. The first word of that Scout mo- that's actually the Scout, oath, uh, Scout motto, is trustworthy. And so it's, um, it's, it's become... Probably one of my fun obsessions to try to tactfully tell people the truth, uh, and and to be asking the question like, you know, like I'm really on their side, like I'm really their business partner, and um, and everything that we're doing is it's, it's to say no, you should not buy this because. Uh, no, this is a bad investment because, and I, here's what I do think that we should pursue. So when when you spend time looking out to uh, you know use your integrity and, and to be trustworthy, then you're building a client for life. And I would rather do that than just to you know you know buy one more watch or one more you know rental property uh, if I'm doing it with the with the wrong uh, you know, philosophy, if you will. So I think, you know, having that trustworthy as the number one goal of being, you know, sort of that, that Eagle Scout is, is a great way to be you know,
0: pursuing any business. Gotcha. And I know when I uh, worked alongside you, that was, you hammered that into me, and I, I'm incredibly grateful for it. And uh, I wanted to touch on your team. And uh, clearly, I feel like you find your clients as part of your team. And when, when building a team, you, you look for those same qualities and attitudes that you have. Um, and as Silvestri real estate team, like what what have you really noticed at, at, as a part of building your team and how has that gone into um, just the teamwork and environment that you have at Silvestri?
1: Yeah, well, if you look around uh, the, the, the greatest accomplishments there's some people who probably do a lot of great accomplishments by themselves, but the great companies, the great, uh, the great associations, I think are, are having fun working with other people that are much smarter and much better than you are and complementary and synergistic. For example, uh, the, you know, the, the gentleman uh, that, you know, uh, Brandon that works with me, he's just a number of cr- He loves thinking about math and spreadsheets and Excel. I would rather have my teeth drilled than to have to deal with an Excel spreadsheet. I just don't enjoy that, right? Uh, But Ben, you know, I would rather call a thousand people and go knock on a door and run up and down streets, uh, you know, just asking people, you know, what can I do to help them in buying a product or, you know, on the phone, you know, calling up, I told you one time, I want you to just call a bunch of billionaires just because I think you should. And you're like, okay, uh, you know, but so, you know, you, you have the, this ability as both someone that, um, that is probably very good with, you know, with math, very good with computers, but also you have great people skills. Uh, some people would rather have their teeth drilled than they have to make a call like what I do and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, so I think it's very important to say, you know, what am I really good at? Where's my superpower? And then what do I really hate? And if I you know, had someone else doing that, I mean, think of a restaurant as an analogy. Uh, you've got one person that cooks. You've got another person that preps. You've got another person that maybe owns the place. You have another person that serves the food. Uh, then behind that, I mean, you have Heather, all the, have them. The, the chef is probably not the person that is, uh, you know, that is out there. Let's just say uh, serving the food most often. Uh, so there's, there's teamwork in, uh, you know, an airline, you have the pilot, you have the people that are uh, helping the people get on the plane. You have the mechanics. I mean, there's just a thousand jobs in, you know, in every little thing and everything should be syner- synergistic. So I would encourage everyone to think about like that is like, you know, what's, what's my perfect team?
0: and you know how can we accomplish more together fascinating okay yeah no and i i really saw that as as i worked alongside you like it's this symbiotic thing where you you hold each other accountable you pick up each other's slack and you you play on each other's strengths and weaknesses uh, to really to build this this culture of success and, and continuity so yeah, no, yeah. I, I definitely have, have and, noticed that, and
1: that that happens. in you know, the way that um, my perfect job is getting someone on the phone saying, "Yeah, we we'd like to buy or sell," and uh, so then I think, like, "Okay, well, great." So I'm going to introduce you now to Brandon, and we're going to have you send over your uh, your profit and loss for the last 12 months. We need a rent roll property. We take a look at that. We say, "Okay, you've got 100 apartments here." Uh, they're bringing an $800 rent. The expenses are, you know, uh, say maybe $350 per apartment. And you have a net operating income of $350,000. And based on a, you know, a 10% cap rate, you know, that's $3.5 million or a five cap. That's a $7 million valuation, according to what the market is. So, you know, so he loves doing all that numbers. I mean, I know that what the refine the refinement of, of all that. So when we're back on the phone then with the person that wants to buy or sell, then I'll let him talk about numbers because they love that stuff. And, And really, then I actually step out of the picture and I go and i make another call and he really finishes up the entire sales process because I sort of bridge that relationship. So that's part of what really a broker does is I bridge
0: relationships. I'm a bridge builder. With, within bridging those relationships and, and really creating, uh, being a rainmaker, uh, we have a lot of students, probably all of the listeners are going to be business students. What advice do you have uh, for being a rainmaker outside of uh, emphasis on those win-win relationships? Like when it comes to making those phone calls and being in these situations, what, what is important to keep in mind? What, what, what do you need to, to keep pushing and, and to stay motivated? and really like what, what, what does a young professional need to hear in that, in that environment?
1: Yeah, well, you might remember the first book that I insisted that you read was what? Uh, Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. And what was my favorite saying, a statement? What was my favorite quote to that entire book?
0: Uh, it was, within every adversity, there is uh, an equal or greater opportunity that's okay. basically it. Uh, okay. Napoleon Hill
1: said, every adversity carries the seed of an equal or greater benefit, which is, you said it in a, just the same way, but uh, uh, I'm just going to read it. I'm telling you what it is said word for word because I've, yeah. I've used that sentence a few times. So the first thing I would say is that love failure, embrace failure. Not that it's a good thing. It's just that it teaches you so much. So much. you know. So every adversity which is falling down, if you're a kid, you get back up, you start walking again. You ask somebody, do you wanna buy this? And they say, no, and you say, well, why? And they say, well, it costs too much. Okay, well, great, how much too much does it cost? Uh, and then say, okay, well, what if I financed it? Oh, okay, well, then I could buy it. You, know, you, know, you don't just tell somebody, you know, how many people write a check for a $300,000 home? So they, that was an objection, so they came up with financing. So that's how the market works is you, you have to understand what, you know, what is the objection? What do I need to overcome to move forward? So whenever you have someone where you have an adversity or you have someone say no, uh, or you, you launch something and it's not going well, that's awesome because you've just learned what you need to do in order to make another correction. It'd be like you know, climbing a, a Mount Everest. You know, you don't say, hey, I think I'm just going to wake up and go climb Mount Everest. you've never even, you don't even own a pair of hiking boots. You know, you take little baby steps and you say, all right, I'm going to go, you know, get some boots. I'm going to get a nice jacket and I'm going to go walk one mile. Or as a matter of fact, I'm just going to go walk around the block. Then you walk a mile. Then you walk five miles. Then you walk 10 miles. You know, so embrace those little baby steps and embrace embrace adversity because that's, you want to, you want to have very quick learning when you're uh, when you're in business, and that's that, that's you know, you take a look at the great companies that are doing anything in technology, they crash and burn a lot before they figure it out. And the faster you you know you go through the cycle of okay, you know, that didn't work, okay, this is working a little bit better, then you just keep getting closer and closer to your goal. So don't try to eat the whole elephant all at one time. Just take those little steps.
0: Uh, And you, you hit on something that I think is important to highlight. You, when somebody asks you, no, you asked why. Um, and I think that's important because if you weren't to ask why, why not, then you wouldn't know how to make that improvement and and how to adjust, adjust your marketing plan to the next, uh, person and next approach. Um, when setting those goals how do you incorporate that why and, and what does that look like in different situations
1: yeah okay so um you know i'm you know again you as you probably know i love analogies right right i'm well aware <laughs> uh, so if we were to say okay um um then i want you to buy a tree from me because I think that, um, you know, our carbon, our carbon footprint would be enhanced uh, and would be reduced by you planting a tree. And, and if you plant a tree, I'll also plant a tree, right? So, okay, then we say, all right, most, most of our listeners would agree planting trees is a good thing. But what if you wanted to plant a billion trees, then it would be pretty hard for you and I to build a billion tre- to plant a billion trees right yeah. so what i want everybody to think about is okay how do i always leverage you know everything that i do you know either through other people or through what's, what's really the smartest way to go from point a to point b and you know in finish so the, the main thing is finish what you start but also you know like one of the creative ideas that we had, like that it would be fun if um, we could get Amazon to plant a tree for every time someone orders something. Now, I don't know exactly how to do that, but there will be a, a billion orders placed through Amazon, and maybe maybe they would deliver a tree if you said, you know, count me in and charge me an extra two dollars and send me that tree, or maybe the box actually has a seed in it that you just plant the box in your backyard with a cardboard and, and a tree grows. Uh, or maybe there's um, flower seeds in there, uh, you know, for you know, for whatever for tree seeds. So, you know, I know I've gone around the world a little bit on your question, but um, the the most important thing is that you set a goal, you say, I wanna do this, and then you ask yourself, well, why? do I want to do that? That was your question was why? Well, so whenever you ask someone a question, and they say no, then I'm thinking, well, why, you know, how, how would I emotionally get this person involved in this? Uh, if I said, well, what if we planted, you know, like, like, if you're interested in reducing the carbon footprint and I say, Ben, if you'll do this just as a bonus, I'm gonna plant a thousand trees for your uh, on your behalf and we're going to reduce the carbon footprint a thousand trees because you buy this product from me then all of a sudden you're like wow this is great I feel like that's that's a big, big thing but also the, the you, you can't overcome an objection if you don't know sort of like why and you know what is it that's in for that other person uh you know what is their goal and you know when do they want to accomplish it uh you know where do I fit into this, this picture of, of helping them accomplish their goal? Because everybody spends all day long thinking about themselves and their own goals. When you call somebody up and say, hey, I want to help you uh, you know, buy this product, they really don't care what you want. They're, they don't want to help you win a contest. They All they care about is, will I get a 15% internal rate of return? Will I get a 10% cash on cash return uh, if I give you a million dollars, will this give me $100,000 a year in cash flow? And if you can explain to me how you're going to give me, you know, the investor $100,000 a year in cash flow, then I'll give you some more time to explain that. But you have to figure out what their why is. You know, their why is that they they will give me a million dollars if I can show them how they're going to get $100,000 a year in cash flow. So if they say no, well, maybe it's because I only told them they were going to get $50,000 a year in cash flow. Maybe that didn't work for them, okay? So you really, really just, you, you can accomplish so much if you'll say, okay, w- you know, what is the person's why? What is my why? You know, what do they want to accomplish? When do they want to accomplish it by? You know, and so as you're talking with people, you, you just really interview them. It's like, help me understand what your acquisition criteria is. And the more you understand their acquisition criteria, so you're a consultant really at first, you're not selling anything, you're a consultant and they tell you everything you need to know so that you can say, okay, well, how about this then? And they are say, oh, that's great. I'll take it.
0: Yeah. And and that's kind of what I definitely learned from you is understanding people because you're in a position where you're, uh, again, what you've just been touching on this entire time, your main Job and where you come from is making other people's goals happen, which first off is incredibly meaningful and really enjoyable because you get to help people. But I feel like that it can apply to literally any partnership because I'm a big believer again in that win-win relationship and uh, that symbiotic understanding of of goals can can carry relationships into these sustainable long-term relationships that are going to be way more profitable when thinking about a business. I mean, it it is so much more important to create that trust and and um, long-term win-win relationship. Like it's all this full circle of, okay, care about the person that you're working with and what their goals are and understand it. And then make sure uh, just to have this kind of recollection of how it might align with all the knowledge that you have and find a place in the middle where they meet and that's kind of how these these deals are made especially in real estate
1: yes um so um and just you know to add to that you 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 know you you think you've learned a lot when you maybe graduate from college or school whatever but really commencement means beginning right so uh, every year I read about twenty books. Actually, I listen to about twenty books, and in um, you know every book I, I try to just you know learn one little thing, and that that causes me to take some sort of action. And I think also um, it's not only just action, but I think it's discipline. And uh, the the world will absolutely get out of your way. No one will stop you if you'll just say, look, look, today, I'm going to be very disciplined. I'm going to spend, uh, okay, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to read my goals. Uh, I'm going to figure out, you know, first of all, if I just called on one person today, just one person, and I said, you know, you know, Mr. Booker, um, I've been following your career. I think, you know, um, I really respect, you know, uh, what you've done so far in, you know, in building your company. And if you have just a few minutes, I'd like to just sort of talk to you about, uh, you know, how I can help you in, uh, you know, in sort of expanding, you know, the good path that you, the, the, the business that you've created. And I'll tell you this, every successful person, that if they're worth a million dollars, they want to be worth two. If they're worth $10 million, they want to be worth 20. Success is like an obsession, that has nothing to do with just the money, it has to do with being able to use this, this amazing life that we have to, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I made it to 15,000 feet, you know, onto this mountain, but you know, what's it look like at 16,000? And you just can't resist going to that next little, that next little hilltop, because I mean, all those, all those people, all those poor souls down there at ground level, they just don't know what I'm seeing up here at 15,000 feet. And I want to bring as many other people up to this level and take a picture of all of us up on this, this mountain view. So, and then once you're up there at that 15,000 and 16,000, you know, it can be snowing on you. You know, it could be, the wind could be blowing you, blowing on you, but you just want this, is you know, this, this life is a great experience and to not try. Is the worst thing you could ever do. Go, just try and help other people, and you can get everything out of life you want if you just help enough and help enough other people get what they want, per Zig Ziglar. And that's that's the moan thing is, is that you have to have grit. You get up in the morning, and say nothing is going to stop me. I'm going to go make these calls. I'm going to have fun today. I'm going to be curious about you know you know what's going on. Uh, out there that I haven't learned or people that I don't know yet. And that's it. You just, you just, you know, set great goals, have that grit to finish, start and don't let anybody's opinion ever getting the way of you, you know, saying, look, I'm going to go do this because really everybody else is just thinking about themselves. Uh, yes, just forget about them. Just figure out what you want to do and go do it because there's plenty of other people waiting for your your uh, your call your to help them. I promise you that I've learned that over 60 years.
0: Well, Ken, I think that is a great encompassing of this entire conversation. And, I, uh, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think if I think there was so much to take from that conversation. I know I am literally the, the lessons that I've learned from you, I think about every single day. And it has created an immense amount of dedication, discipline, and and appreciation for what can be. And I couldn't appreciate it more. And so with that being said, I I just want to say thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, And and I'm sure we'll talk again. So, Ben, I'm going to invest
1: in whatever businesses you start. So go get them, my friend.
0: I'm a big fan.